0: All right, I am headed out on a uh, Boundary Waters uh, canoe wilderness trip this week, so excited uh, about that. And you know, when you get ready for a Boundary Waters uh, canoe trip, of course, can we transition over to this one? You've got to do a lot of things to get yourself ready for the wilderness, right? I mean, you wanna, you're want you going to face some challenges, so we good? All right, uh, so you know... I've been packing my stuff up here, got my trusty uh, W.A. Fisher F10 map, because we're going to be leaving in Fall Lake, Uh, got that ready, you don't want to get lost in the wilderness. And of course, uh, I'm going to need to drink some water, so I've uh, got my uh, water bottle, which happens to have a filter in it, so you can drink it right out of the lake, so that's good, don't want to get sick. Uh, of course, we're going to want to eat, so uh, I have my fuel for the trip as well. We need to keep that stove running so we can eat. And uh, let's see here. I've heard that the mosquitoes are pretty bad this year, so uh, got my mosquito net ready, ready to go. Don't want to get eaten alive. And uh, if you're wondering, uh, uh, we are packing the kitchen sink. uh we've got a whole spreadsheet of things that we're packing a a group of us just to figure out kind of you know who's bringing what make sure that we have everything that we need and when you head into the wilderness you want to make sure that you have all the supplies that you need because you might you never really know what you're going to face in the wilderness now you may not be somebody who is headed into the wilderness or ever wants to head into the wilderness And that's okay. But chances are you have some sort of challenges that you face in your life. Maybe you're on a sports team and you've got to prepare for that sporting event, right? You need some gear that you will acquire. Or maybe you are taking a road trip and you're going to get all of the things ready that you need to go on that road trip. Or maybe it's just life in general, we all need things. acquire things and we get ready for these various challenges that we face in life. The reality is that our world is full of challenges and we need things that will prepare us for those challenges. And in today's passage, we're going to be taking a look at a section of scripture that talks about some of the things that we need to face some of life's spiritual challenges. So that's where we're going to be. It's part of our series uh, that we've called True Identity. It is a look at the entire book of Ephesians, a letter written to an early church. And uh, if you have been here for the first three weeks, we work, walk through the first three weeks of uh, th- first three chapters. Man, my words are getting messed up. I think that mic threw me off. Uh, we walked through the first three chapters and we talked about God's Love and God's gospel, the good news for us, that Jesus was willing to die for us, that Jesus was raised to life, and that resurrection showed us that God has power even over the most challenging thing in life, death itself. And as Paul warned us or told us, we actually have access to that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's amazing. So we learned that in the first three chapters. And then chapters four through six are really about, okay, if we know that, how do we live in that reality? So we talked a lot about growing up in chapter four. What does it look like to grow up in your faith and to become mature followers of Jesus? And then last week, uh, we talked a little bit more about what it looked like to grow up and what it looked like to live in unity with one another Uh, So we talked uh, about that, and today we get to look at the final section, uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 23, and this is often known as the armor of God. So we're going to take a look at that, starting in verse 10. So if you want to follow along on the screen, or on uh, your online screen, or if you want to open up your mobile Bible device, or whatever uh, Bible you have, you can follow along. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power so this verse first verse really stands alone among them it could be sort of the title of this whole section and finally could be that transition of like okay finally we're hitting the end or some commentators have said it could be said from now on So now that you know all this stuff about the good news of Jesus, the hope that we have in Jesus, now that you know this glorious riches or inheritance that we've got, this incomparable great power that we have, that Christ exerted when he was raised from the dead, that broke down the dividing wall of hostility, this good news for everybody, now that you know all of that, and the fact that we are called to submit one another, from now on, I want you to be strong. I want you to be strong because of all these things. And that be strong, interestingly enough, is actually a passive verb. So this isn't something that you have to do on your own strength. Like, hey, I want you to be strong. You know, get out there and lift weights. Get ready. Spiritual weights. We're going to do it. Uh, You could do that. But... It's a passive form. That means that, actually, this is something that you don't do. This is something that's given to you. God is giving you this strength. This is not our strength. This is God's strength. So when it says, be strong, God is strong. Yes. And then he says, here's how you do it. In verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So Paul's taking inviting them to take a stand against the devil's schemes. Struggle is really I think a better word that we could think about they're wrestling here. As they're wrestling You think about a wrestling match, that's not some sort of distant conflict, it's up close and personal. You're fighting each other, you feel that struggle, and that's the kind of struggle that we're talking about here. It's an ever-present reality that we are facing. And that up-close battle, it's not against other humans, or as our text says, against flesh and blood. Rather, it's against the spiritual realm. It's against the spiritual forces that the Scripture talks about that are powerful, wicked, and cunning. And we see these in the book of Ephesians. In other words, this is a formidable foe. It's not to be taken lightly. It's a challenge. But it's not a battle against Caesar or Rome or any other human institution that might be oppressing them. And I think it's the same for us. We face an ever-present spiritual enemy in our world that is always powerful, conniving, and wicked. We're not fighting the Democrats or the Republicans or any other human institution or any other human in our world. We're fighting spiritual enemies. That doesn't mean that we won't try to change some of the things in our world. (laughs) We will. Uh, we try to bring god's kingdom god's good news wherever we go but paul is speaking about a cosmic battle that's happening and the good news is that paul has already told us about the ending of this cosmic battle we know that it was a mystery but it's been made known that christ has died for us and has overcome death and that god has raised jesus from the dead in other words Nothing can overcome Christ. The battle has already been won. Because, Jesus, because God raised Jesus from the dead, there's no wicked, powerful, or cunning enemy that can overcome God. It's done. Still, because we do face a powerful, wicked enemy, Paul says for a second time, therefore... Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So each of these represents a part of the Christian existence or identity, which Paul has talked about previously in the book of Ephesians. So you can look back and you can read a fuller explanation of each of these. And the first four of these that he mentions, there are six in total, but the first four of these elements of armor really are character traits that we can work on. And many scholars agree that Paul is actually referring back to the book of Isaiah where these are mentioned, and he's encouraging us to live like that. And when he's mentioning these back in the book of Isaiah, it's talking about this messenger that we now as Christians interpret as God. So these are character traits of God that we are to imitate, as we talked about last week, and that we are to live... uh, out in our world so the first of which is this idea of this belt of truth uh, and the second of which is this breastplate of righteousness the third of which is this the feet of readiness for the gospel of peace and the last of which is the shield of faith And it's important that we don't get hung up in the details of the armor. Paul actually uses these same pieces of armor other places in Scripture to refer to other character traits. What's important for us to think about in this is the the virtues, truth, righteousness, readiness, and faithfulness, the last of which has this idea that will extinguish the enemy's arrows or the enemy attacks. So in some ways, I think it's one of the most important. So truth Righteousness, readiness, faithfulness, or faith. These are the virtues that we want to put on. And then Paul adds two more, but he changes the imperative in that verse. He says take, or another way to think of it would be to receive. So we're to put on these first four, truth, righteousness, readiness, and faith. We're to take on, or to receive, the final two, and they are uh, salvation and God's word. These are gifts that are given to us, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Um, so as we think about these, as we think about the f- spiritual challenges that we face in our world, we want to put on each of these pieces of armor we want to put on the full armor of god and the question is which ones would you say you feel like i'm doing pretty good at that and which ones would you say i need a lot of help with that i need some help with my truth or i need some help with my faith or righteousness or with the readiness well the good news is that if you need some help with these That this is not an individual soldier we in the western world tend to think about this as an individual soldier putting on the armor of god getting all suited up and ready to go and that's good and all because each individual soldier does need to put on their armor for sure but in first century christians they would have heard this and they would have thought about the entire army so this isn't about each individual per se. It's about the entirety of the army putting on the full armor of God. Together, they're going to be able to fight the enemy. You wouldn't expect an individual soldier to do that. It'd be the whole army. And so similarly, as we think about this, these are group virtues. Together, we want to put on truth, righteousness, readiness, faithfulness, We want to think about salvation and the word of God. And that word of God isn't necessarily the Bible as we think of it today. It's really the good news that Paul has been talking about. That God has sent Jesus to this world. That Jesus died. Jesus was raised back to life. This is good news for us. And these are group virtues that we will put on together. So a better question for us to ask would be, how do we as a church... Do at putting on the full armor of God? How are we doing as a church at putting on truth, righteousness, readiness, and faith? How are we as a church embracing salvation, the gift that God has given us? How are we as a church embracing the Word of God, the good news of all these things? So, yes, we want to work on these individually, but together, we can do these things much better. And I think there's an opportunity for us where you excel in one of these, you can be a teacher for somebody else. Where you struggle in these, you can depend on others in these things. So we fight this fight together. And God has already won the fight. For those of you who believe salvation is already truth, In the next few verses, Paul drops the military image and begins to focus on prayer. In verse 18, he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that, you, that he may encourage you. Peace to you, brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And thus ends the book of Ephesians. So Paul, as he's finishing this book up, encourages the believers to put on the full armor of God and to pray, to pray for one another, to pray with one another. In fact, he has five different character traits that he gives that he wants to encourage them to do. To pray constantly, to pray in the spirit, to pray with alertness or attention, to pray with perseverance, and to pray for all God's people. So what does that look like? What does it look like for us to pray with those five different character traits? I think it looks a lot like a relationship with God. As we're relating to God, as we're in relationship with God, as you go about your day, as you go to work, as you go to school, as you go to your activities, be mindful of what God might be saying to you about the things In your life, are there scripture verses that come to mind as you are doing these different activities that you can obey and that you can live out in your world? That's being mindful and attentive to what God's doing. And then, don't give up praying. Don't give up praying for a friend, even though you don't see the answer that you hope. Keep praying. Persevere in that, and pray for one another. Pray all the time for one another. And I love that Paul asks for prayer for himself. He's not immune from this. Now, I don't know about you, but I tend to think of Paul as one of the heroes of the faith. He wrote a significant portion of scripture. And the fact that he's asking for prayer, every one of us needs prayer. And so similarly, Sandy and I, were the pastors of this church, we need prayer. You can pray for us the same ways that Paul asked for prayer. We need prayers that words would come out of our mouths that would honor Jesus and would help people connect with Jesus. And you need prayer. It's part of the reason why we take prayer requests each Sunday and we continue to pray for and with you throughout the week. Paul finishes with some personal greetings and instructions. Tychicus would have been the person who would have brought the letter to the Ephesians. He would have been the one who would have read it out loud to them and then explained anything, you know, added some additional color commentary or answered any questions that they had. And so this really wraps up our series on our true identity as followers of Jesus. This letter we can familiarize ourselves with the gospel message. You can read this, the first three chapters in particular, remind us of the goodness of God's good story. And then The next few chapters, 4 through 6, really remind us how we can live a life that's worthy of that good news. So as we think about that today, we can ask ourselves, and you can ask yourself, is there anything that I need to help me prepare myself for life's challenges? Or things that would help my community prepare for life's challenges? To stand against this spiritual enemy that we have. Do you need help putting on one of the different pieces of the armor? Do you need help with truth or righteousness or with readiness or faith or salvation or with the word of God? Or do you need to receive the good news that God has died for you? Not just for other people, but for you. Or do you need help knowing the gospel good news story, knowing your your Bible? If you need help with any one of those, and I think if any of us are honest, we all need help. Look for help. That's the beauty of the community. We can help each other. Ask. Remember in verse 10, this isn't your strength. This isn't your spiritual weightlifting. Together we do this. So we, we have to ask for help in order to get it. And while God can work outside of sort of the church and do an act of God and help you somehow gain the strength, I think God's chosen instrument is the church. So we call on each other to help us with these things. God works through us. So I'm going to the Boundary Waters this week. I've got some things packed up already, and I have a few more things to pack. And hopefully, we will be ready to face what other cha- whatever challenges we face in the Boundary Waters, in the wilderness. And hopefully, as you go out into this world, as you leave this place, you will be ready to go into whatever you face. Whatever the spiritual enemy might put in front of you, you can face because You're a part of a community, and because you have, together with your community, put on the full armor of God. So let's pray. God, thank you that you have given us this word this morning to remind us that we have tools. We have things that we can do and put on to help us engage in The challenges of this world to overcome the lies that so many people or so many things or the devil will tell us that somehow we're not worthy that somehow we're not lovable that we're a failure these are not truths that you love us is a truth and we need that reminder So, Lord, help us to be people who remind one another of your love, the truth, the righteousness, the readiness, the faith, the salvation, and the word of God. And help us to be people of prayer. Amen.